everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 255. Let's start off with this Carly Russell situation. Because immediately, as soon as I read, I saw one Instagram story about it. And I was like, huh? It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, Because first of all, yes, it's great that someone who has been reported missing is found to be alive and seemingly well. But how is that? Tell, Tell me the stats for that is not typical though it's um embraced and it's encouraged and you want that to happen but the details of the story is not adding up the details of the story are not adding up so i want us to start off from the beginning okay so this woman name is carly russell she is a black woman from alabama and she was reported missing in alabama because uh, she wasn't accounted for in 48 hours. So she's a 25-year-old woman who sparked a police search and national media headlines when she disappeared from an Alabama highway Thursday as as turned up, no, has turned up unharmed at her nearby home. Okay. She was called missing because a family member reported a claim that Carly Russell called that family member and said that she saw a toddler walking along the interstate in Hoover, in Hoover, Alabama, about eight miles south of Birmingham. Shortly after making the calls, Russell's whereabouts were uncertain. Like, boom like she just vanished without a trace the police was unable to confirm whether there was a child on the highway carly's 911 call remains the only timely report of a child on the interstate and that was it at 10:44 local uh local time saturday the hoover police department a 911 center received a call saying Carlita Carly Nicole Russell had returned home on foot according to police Hoover Fire Department medics checked on Russell before asking before taking her to the UAB hospital for evaluation Hoover police said she was later released Quote, detectives responded to the residents and to UAB to take an initial statement from Carly. The details of that statement are a part of the ongoing investigation, which is expected to continue over the next few days. Since this report, nothing new has been said. Nothing. Um, There has not been a statement from the family, from Carly herself, and maybe that is under the guise of, well, it's an ongoing investigation, and so we have to keep this secretive until the perpetrators are catched, um, or caught, excuse me. Now, I feel like all of that is a bunch of baloney, because first of all, why are you suddenly hush-hush? You know, you're making such a strong claim that a toddler, a random toddler, 
a kid who's two or three, four years old is walking on the, the interstate by him or herself. And she was so concerned that she decided to pull over. And now with any highway, when you pull over, you're not immediately at the stop, at the position that you saw the child. You know what I mean? Like you don't just see the child and then you pull over and you're right there. No, the way that the, the way that the highway is set up, you you're probably like a couple of foots away. And so you have to walk backwards or whatnot to get to where that child was allegedly reported. So she pulls over and apparently she walks up to the kid who is again randomly there. Now, what this screams to me is initially is that this was a sex trafficking bait because from things that I've read online and circumstances that I've read of people who were um, tricked, but thankfully they they found a way to get out, was traffickers would leave baits in um, vulnerable vulnerable people's uh, position. So there was one story in which a trafficker would put fentanyl laced something or a fentanyl laced uh, paper on the windshield of a car. And you know, sometimes uh, people who are promoting something, whether it's a, it's a party, a club, uh, maybe some seven day Adventist, people are trying to uh, reach out to you to get you to convert to their religion. They will leave pamphlets on your car. So it's not always typically met with this paranoia of, oh my God, someone's trying to traffic me. Sometimes it's just a genuine marketing plan. That's not trafficking. <laughs> so, um, so when okay, so there was a case in which I read when someone picked up the paper from the windshield of their car, and shortly thereafter, that person who took the paper off the car dropped it on the floor. As that person was driving, as that woman was driving is not feeling well, right? They're feeling some symptoms of feeling just just inebriated, intoxicated, all of that. So she pulls over and at that point, that is when the trafficker who was following the person all along, who was following the woman all along, would go in for the attack. Now, something like that is an obvious sign of how a trafficker could trap a woman who is vulnerable, who is alone, and who just genuinely thought this was a random piece of paper. Um, and there's some technology, there's some ways, there's a science in to how to lace a piece of paper. And apparently it's plausible. So that is an example of a bait tactic for sex traffickers, human traffickers in, in general. Now, with a whole toddler, that is another bait. Um, I know um, examples of people who ha- were convinced that this random child was random and out alone in the woods or on the side of the road and being the good-hearted, great Samaritan that this person is decides to pull over and help said child. 
and then boom attack from behind you're you're dragged into a white van and now you're a trafficking victim so in the case of carly russell i think she is just i initially i thought this was an example of some bait some trafficking bait now further information after reading and watching different videos now unfortunately i am starting to believe this was all a hoax i am starting to believe this was all a hoax and now one may wonder why would this be a hoax why would you lie about being missing and I don't know. Everyone's different. I mean, you know, some people have these mental hangups and handicaps and I can't speak to someone's mental capacity. I really can't. So as normal as she may look in the pictures that we see of her, who knows that she was just a, a lunatic in the head and she may have been struggling with something and she wanted some attention. Who knows? But the hoax excuse may be plausible as well because there is a video footage and at least the angle of this video footage of her um of her claiming this is where she saw the toddler there is no picture of a toddler of a little person of anyone because another theory that i read was maybe it wasn't a toddler maybe it was a little person right <laughs> which is like dang these traffickers really go out their way and find a little person to appear as a toddler and look i'm sure these things maybe um is an actual occurrence but this is hilarious though so anyway so there in the video footage this is a tiktok video and i don't watch tiktok but the clips you know how tiktok is pretty you could transfer it to other social media platforms so i saw it on youtube i saw it on um twitter and in the video you don't really see any resemblance of a child you see a dark a darkness um in the video it's nighttime and sure you have lights in the car while you're driving but like can you really make out if oh my gosh that was a child right there and let me pull over you know what i mean so there's that and then there's this um all, like there's also the idea of well if she saw a toddler how come no one around her no other driver who happened to have been on the same road at the same time saw something suspicious also maybe saw a child also and could um corroborate with her claim if that's the case but no one else has come forward with um supporting reason um at all and you also have this woman who is suddenly mute. How are you quiet? If you have just been freed, quote unquote, from predators who took you in as you was trying to be a good Samaritan, good Samaritan um, by rescuing a random kid on the road, why wouldn't you be like, I'm so, I don't know, like typically it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Cause when, what's that girl name? That white girl who got captured in her home, in her bedroom by this religious nut who used to work at her house. He was hired by her father. It was an Ann Smart. 
something her last name was something smart and he captured her and she lived with him for some time um, until she was finally rescued shortly thereafter there were so many news sightings and reports and interviews of her talking about her freedom her experience like it was instant news this is instant news you don't suddenly be like oh because it's an ongoing investigation we're going to just kind of keep the details uh, hush hush and smart right that's that's what i'm talking about let me type in real quick was it Ann Smart? I don't think it was Ann Hart. Ah, uh, a blonde woman who got kidnapped. It was something smart. Hold on, this is bothering me. Elizabeth Smart, there we go. Elizabeth Smart! Okay, that story was crazy. It was crazy. But, and I'm sorry that we live in a capitalistic society, and maybe I'm not sorry, but the point is, this is also a point of getting some capital, right? You get exposure, right? And so say if all of this did happen according to what she said and she got freed, that's amazing. She could capitalize off of this trauma. You can't, like why not turn a frown upside down and make some money off of it? Maybe you were struggling and your 25 year old self needs a come up. Maybe this was a great opportunity to do that. Um, and it just happened through this traumatic point and you survived, you could turn this frown upside down. So there's that. And then I just think of the statistics of a trafficker suddenly just, it was a, was it two days later, 48 hours later, they just drop her off near her home? First of all, how did they know where she lived? Or just the vicinity of her home? Did she know these men? Like, what? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And she's just walking home (laughs) after 48 hours. (laughs) Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Someone who I had a quick correspondence with online said that they live shortly, um, short like very near to the location in which this allegedly took place and her response was this didn't happen (laughs) i don't know why she said it so um so indefinitely but she was just basically like um this didn't happen and she believes it was a hoax She says she's here in Alabama, about 15 minutes away from Hoover. And her, she says, um, something's reading the correspondence that we had. She says she shows back up at home and we still don't have a description of of the kidnappers or car. Exactly. We don't know what the, were they driving an SUV, a Nissan of some sort? Like what? that they abducted her and any that they abducted her in or any info as a matter of fact um and so i asked a question you know i wonder why would she fake this because i was immediately on the position of oh my gosh she was trying to get get um well not even trying she did get caught like so say if my initial theory of this was a sex trafficking uh bait then she got she got baited in 
because apparently she was allegedly missing for 48 hours. So she got captured, but then released, which is just not, that doesn't happen. It does not happen that way, especially in the way that it is being told. You, you don't have kidnappers just dropping you off near your home and you're free two days later. All they needed was just two days worth of un, you know, you know what I mean? Like whatever they want to do with you for two days and they know it's a billion dollar business. It is a billion dollar business. You don't just wash up someone in two days. No, you get your money's worth more and more. Unfortunately, that's, that's how the business goes. So it doesn't add up that she would suddenly get free like that. So then I asked, you know, why would someone fake this? And the person just said attention. Which again, I think this speaks to the possibility of her maybe having some type of mental handicaps because if that's the case, if attention was the reason why she went through this, it's just, it's very disturbing and it's disappointing and not to bring the whole race thing into it, but being that she's a black woman, I feel like, you know, just knowing that in in the news cycle, we don't see enough reports, enough consistent reports of black women who've been missing and black girls as well. We don't see that. We don't see like set, shoot, week long news reports of that. We don't see the tracking of that. We saw that for Elizabeth Smart, a a cute white blonde headed girl. We saw that for um, that other girl, I forget her name, but the one who was a social media influencer who who died by the hands of her boyfriend as they were van lifing it up and hiking. And yeah, she happens to be a social media influencer. This happened not too long ago, but we see the reports of that consistently. Yet for black women and black girls, that is not always on the forefront of the news cycle. You have to search for that information. And even when you search for it, you don't see updates. You just have to finally maybe put your own inspector gadget hat on and figure it out yourself. But as far as the news being delivered to us, for us, in grave detail, with new interviews and all of that, we don't see that. So it disappoints me that if this was a hoax, that this may lead to, unfortunately, which it shouldn't, it really shouldn't, because one black woman allegedly creating a hoax of this should not make the future black girl and black woman who may get kidnapped or abducted, it should not lead for them to not get the proper expose and report on it should not but unfortunately we live in a society in which that is sometimes the case you may have someone who just messes it up messes it up for the the precedence and so <laughs> ciao <sighs> i mean everyone's like oh you should just be grateful that she's alive and she was fine she's been alive She's been alive. She's been alive and well, okay? She's been alive, I promise you. If these were real traffickers, she would not have been alive. 
She wouldn't have been. So like this whole, oh, she must be grateful that she's, it's a, <clears throat> it's a privacy matter. Now that she's with her family, give her time to settle. Settle from what? This was a lie. This was a lie. Settle from what? Oh, you need privacy? Oh, you need privacy? I hate this, I hate, no. If you bring public resources, tax dollars, I'm paying, or the, the citizens of Alabama, technically, are paying for the rescue, for the investigation of this woman. And come to find out it's a hoax, I'll be pissed too. Give me my refund, whatever amount that is for my individual citizenship in this city. But this whole idea of, oh, we should just respect their privacy and who are we to demand? We're, we're the public. Yeah, I'm sorry. We don't live in a silo, you guys. We're not in an isolated environment. We all put money together in this place that we call home on planet Earth, in the city, in the town, in the state that we're living in, in the country that we're in. So yes, your business now becomes my business when it becomes the business of the public. It, it is what it is. So now, come to find out you, you did a lie? You put a hoax on it? Oh, I want some repercussions. Now I'm not saying, she, you know, she deserves the death or whatever BS like that. I'm just saying there needs to be some type of lashing for that, metaphorically, of course, because that's messed up. I don't care how mentally handicapped you are. You don't do no shit like that. Like there are actual real cases of black girls and black women missing. And now you taken away from the proper research and focus on those real cases because, oh, you just wanted attention? You wanted attention? And then I'm thinking like, she's 25 years old. It'd be one thing if she was 18, maybe 15, 14, just around that age. And she was running away from home or just wanted space from her dad who was so overprotective and, she was in a relationship with a guy and her parents didn't approve and she just wanted to be with him. Then you pull some stunt like this. That's some crazy stuff. I get, not I get that, nor, nor do I support that. I'm just saying that is something that is more understandable for that level of immaturity. But you mean to tell me a 25 year old woman and the pictures that I see of her uh, there was one picture I saw of her in which she was wearing some type of nurse uniform. So she's working as a nurse, right? She's credible enough to work as a nurse or something within the medical field. Um, there's a picture of her, excuse me, there's a picture of her um, dressed up in formal wear. So she, she knows how to get well done up. And, you know, there's so many examples of her seemingly to be a well-function in society. So like miss me with the whole, she could be handicapped or <laughs> she could be, <laughs> I don't know, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it and I think it's messed up that you have someone who possibly, possibly did this for attention. It's just very unfortunate. I don't know what this could be about, but mm, God bless. 
Okay, so let's get into Adam22 and Lena, his wife, Lena, who is a porn star, who was a porn star before they got married. And I think before they got married also, he was already engaged in pornographic ventures, meaning he filmed videos of himself having intercourse and sexual relations with other women. And prior to them being married, she would engage, because she was a porn star, legitimate porn star. I mean, I don't remember from the videos that I will watch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember her from the videos I will watch or engage with, but the point is she is a legitimate porn star, according to what um, has been said. So prior to them being married, she was already in, she was already what she was. She already was in that profession. And apparently before they got married, she only engaged in girl on girl actions. So only lesbian type of scenes. That's it. She's never engaged with scenes with a man. Never mind a big black you know, finish that off. So shortly after they got married, she engaged in a scene, not even a scene, a whole film with a BBC. Look it up if you don't know what I mean, okay? I'm not gonna keep on saying so many inappropriate words on this podcast. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. And he's a big black, you know, like very, you know what's interesting? I was watching this porn doc on Netflix a couple of weeks ago, well, more than a couple. I'm trying to be very more, um, much more intentional with the word couple because couple means two. And I think sometimes we use, like just as a collective and even myself, of course, use that word more than two. Like we mean it for like, like four, five, like just definitely plus two. And that's not the meaning of the word. It's just really two. Anyway, I'm just saying that for myself. So I watched um, a documentary on Netflix about porn and the industry and the different um, actors in the field and just how they deal with being a porn star and I'm gonna say P star, okay? Just FYI, cause I know that, I don't know. I'm trying to get monetized at some point, so. <laughs> P star, y'all know what I mean. So P star, uh, so there's different variations, right? So whether you have an amateur or a, a credible veteran in the field, and it's also from a male and female perspective, I didn't see any gay shit uh, on some men on men. So that wasn't shown in the doc, but you see a lot of experiences from women who would engage uh, engage in girl on girl action while the men featured in this doc, they will engage in uh, man on woman action. And there was one guy in particular, this black guy who was well built very like country Bama type of man. And I've I've seen these type of men before. I remember in undergrad, there was one guy in particular who was just like so big and of course he played football. 
he was just so like I've never seen a big guy like that before, and I, I just think I feel like you know Southern men and um, Northeast type of men like from Boston, New York, that area, Connecticut. We they just look totally different. They look totally different. Anyway, <laughs> totally different. Um, anyway, so uh, what's I gonna say? So yeah, yeah. So that guy, he was. Um, so in the video, I'm so I'm going back to the documentary. He was very much a doof. <laughs> like all he had was his very like monstrous built big back type of body. But as far as articulation, as far as just intellect it was like is hello is there a brain in there hello hello like nothing was there nothing was there and it, it just it was a little it was really weird so but anyway so he was in this documentary and just pumping and boom 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 you know jacking off all, all this like he was a whole p-star and I just wonder, like, I wonder if all these men, at least the black ones, are they all like that? Just kind of just doofuses? Like they, like, they had nothing else going for them. They weren't really, they, they didn't really have much of an intellect. They didn't finish high school. They didn't find any other creative outside of, you know, having sex, but like any other creative source of an outlet. Like, I don't, it just made me wonder. And okay, so with, Going back to Adam 22 and his girl and his wife, Lena, Lena the plug, that's her name. I wonder about that with the guy that with the B. Uh, so his name is James Love. Is it James Love? Hold on. I wonder. Um, Jason Love. Yeah, that's his name. Jason Love. He reminds me of the porn doc of the P doc that I watched on Netflix of the of the guy, uh, you know, one of the one of the black guys that was featured. He reminds me of him too because he comes off like a dodo brain. <laughs> Just like he was all body, all nice big black, you know, BBC type of body. But then you open his mouth, even his teeth, like have you been to a dentist before? Like he just had, I'm not saying gaps are not hygienic. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like his type of gap was just like, oh my gosh, like just definitely you're from the country, country Bama type of man. Um, it just, you could tell like, there's a disconnect. You could tell like, I'm sorry if I'm hurting the feelings of any country folk who's listening. Thank you for listening. And shout out to the, the listeners and the comments I've been receiving on YouTube. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the engagement. Keep on keeping on and let a friend know and thank you. Um, but going back to Jason Love, he reminds me of that guy from The Dog. Like just very much of a BBC type of man, but just a straight doof. Like, <laughs> I know. I just thought that was an interesting uh, trend. Okay, so going back to their relationship, I okay. There's a lot of backlash that not backlash, but it's a controversial topic because this is a form of uh, something called cucking, which is if you want, if I want to give you the the urban definition of it. Okay, so interesting. I think it's a real word. It's on the Merriam-Webster. Interesting. 
So um, so it says here, a man whose wife is unfaithful. But it's more than that. It's when, okay, so there's another one. To have sexual relations with the spouse or partner of someone else's, uh, of someone else. But basically, when you are the man in a relationship and you actually are okay, so much so that you are setting the arrangement for your wife or girlfriend to engage in sexual relations with another man. And you're either present while this other man is penetrating your woman or you're not present but you've arranged for it to happen you're okay with it maybe you get some type of high off of it but that is what cucking means and this is what is described for what's the place with lena the plug and um her husband adam 22 when she decided to have sex with a man um for the first time on camera because again, previous to this moment, she only had scenes with women. Now, a lot of people are feeling just bothered by it because it's like, oh, why would you let your wife do this? You know, what type of thing is that? When you're married, you should have some respect for marriage. And I'm just like, first of all, can we be, can we be FFR? Can we be FFR? Can we be for real? Be effing for real right now? Because first of all, they married each other and they knew each person in this relationship, not just one person. And she just happened to, oh, I, I just happened to have an interest to, to having sex with your man. No, both of them are porn stars. Both of them are P stars to the fullest. They film that, they get monetization from it, they get exposure from it, they get they gain popularity from it. This is a thing that they've been doing before they got married. They knew each other as this. They still agreed to be in a relationship with each other as this. They got married as this. This is not a surprise. So this whole idea of, oh my gosh, how come Adam 22 let his wife get get blown on from this BBC type of nigga? And it's like, how could he not? <laughs> if this is who he married, why are you surprised? And then the argument is, oh, well, it's because she was exclusively doing scenes with women prior to this moment. So... Her now suddenly getting it in by a BBC is is strange and it should be unacceptable. And it's like, no, it should not be because typically, not to, I'm not saying I'm saying it like I no, I mean look, I'm just saying if you've been in industry, and I, I wanna say she's kind of new to it, because I really I'm not familiar with her work. <laughs> I'm not familiar with her work, but I I, I would just say this. You start off one way, right? You say, oh, I'm only comfortable doing girl on girl. Okay. But after a while, that money for getting gang banged from multiple dudes, that money looks better than girl on girl, right? And then now you're going to start to talk to your husband and be like, look, this is a, a great opportunity for the both of us. <laughs> it's a great opportunity for the both of us. 
maybe we should consider. Maybe we should open up and, uh, I don't know, do it for a couple of times, strictly two times. Maybe. That's the, that's the point I'm making because this whole like, oh, I'm only doing one type of scene. That's not always the case. And knowing that, at least seemingly, they're very much about making money, however dirty that money is. They're about making money. So it doesn't seem like this is beneath them or that this is something that they would frown upon in any way, you know, or that they're even that they're even um, considering the the disadvantages or the negative outcomes that may come about from her having sex with the BBC. Because their first thought is, that money though i'm gonna go get that bag though and now the average joe schmo right someone like me would be like absolutely not i'm not doing that or you know i'm not okay with that but for someone who's in this industry who's already been selling their ass on OnlyFans, on any other website, allowing for that type of content to be had. This is nothing for, this is a different world. So we're speaking from the perspective of uh, just a simple citizen, a simple uh, town folk type of perspective. We're, We're not speaking from the perspective of someone who's really about that life and someone who would do anything for a bag. So I just feel like ultimately it made sense that this transition happened. It made sense that she would do something like this and he would be okay with it, who knows, and that they would milk it for what it's worth. The constant exposure and the built up uh, prior to the movie, a movie, but prior to the film, the, 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 the flick being released and even afterwards, the the hype of it, they, Lena the Plug and Adam22, they're sitting together in an interview with each other because he has a podcast. So he's interviewing his wife and asking her, how was it? Uh, you know, um, was he better than me? And she's being honest and she's saying how she was sore for a few days afterwards and she had to kind of gain her composure back and maybe she'll do it again and they were having a very honest conversation (laughs) I don't know I I just it's what it is even uh Jason Love the BBC he had an interview with uh, someone else and was asked a couple of questions in which he said that he was a better experience than she could have ever had with her husband, <laughs> meaning that he knows how to to lay it down, to lay the pipe down. And he knows without a doubt, without a doubt that he is better than her husband. Um, he also said that he is interested in, he's open in doing it again and even doing it with the presence of 
Adam 22. Like this is this is a different type of ex- this is a different world. This is a different reality. This is a different type of reality for these people. And um I just don't feel like our reactions as simple townsfolk is relevant here. Like <laughs> us getting so disgusted and oh this is so low vibration sure it is it is low vibrational all of that is true all all of it is disturbing is disgusting low vibrational i would never great that's because we live in a different reality that's because we don't even consider this type of lifestyle to be something that is of a possibility for us and that's fine. But we also have to leave our personal feelings behind and look at things objectively from their perspective and see how someone like that, these two people and this type of industry and this type of world and the setup in which they were um, introduced to each other, it was already understanding that, hey, we're about this open lifestyle in a way that is... Um, beneficial for both of us and we both get a a healthy paycheck from it so I just feel like coming from that perspective I understand how this thing could happen I don't feel no type of way towards them because or any type of way towards them because I just that is something that they would do like that is in alignment with who they are or who they've shown themselves to be to us in the limelight. So I just feel like it is what it is. I uh, <laughs> I support it, like no. <laughs> no, but it is what it is. Let's move forward. I recently watched with Freckles Bay, hey babe, uh, Sound of Freedom, Sound of Freedom and my god today i know last episode i talked about the movie and the backlash that it received um and i just read some uh, a couple of different reports from it or about it and just recently after the recording i watched the movie and experienced it for myself. And it's definitely not an easy watch, right? Like this topic of child sex trafficking is not is not a water cooler conversation. You don't really have this topic with someone who you're casually conversing with at a bar, unless it, that person's on your wavelength type of thing. But typically that's not a conversation, a conversation that you have um, casually. It's a heavy movie. Um, I am just so disturbed with the ways of the world. And it, it enlightens you because, it enlightened me because it made me realize how profitable of a business it is. And I'm not saying it like in a business type of fashion, like, hey, this is why you should, you know, no, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying like, there was a line in the movie and I can't remember the exact, I can't remember it verbatim, but basically how, you know, when you sell drugs, typically it's just one cell. Like you can't resell the same um, gram that you sold, it's over. You know, you just sell it one time. 
But when you sell a human being, you can have that person sold for up to four times, well, at least probably, probably at least four times in a day, or maybe up to four times in a day. And the point is, with humans, you could repeat that. But with something like, um, something that's synthetic, something that's a drug, you can't repeat that. You can't, you can't make more of a profit on that as you would on a human. And that just opened my mind to, wow, this makes sense how it's a profitable business and how it is so successful. And it's disturbing that that is the reality of it, but that is the reality of it. And um, there's a lot of um, red flags. Like, I don't want to victim blame, like, the parents, of course. I, I think parents just like again like these these conversations are hard to have and you don't even want to entertain the idea of a neighbor someone close to you possibly being someone who may put the life of your child at risk and in danger but because of that fear of wanting to having those converse, wanting to have those conversations, you are also being naive and not being paranoid enough to protect your child from said danger. So in the beginning of the movie, spoiler alert, I'm not gonna give everything. It's actually a true story. So if you've been watching the interviews for the movie, you could probably get a grasp of what the movie will cover. Obviously, no. Obviously, we know the topic of the the movie being that is uh, of child sex trafficking, um, but the details, the the minute details are important also. So in the beginning of the movie, it starts off with this young girl who is singing in her bedroom and you could tell that she loves to sing and she finds enjoyment from it and she was apparently approached by this woman who is an actual miss universe some type of pageant she did in columbia um but she was like miss columbia in the universe pageant tree so she was approached by her and the woman decided to follow up because after you approach someone on the street saying, oh my gosh, you have a great talent. I, I wanna speak to your parent and you know make this happen and I have this opportunity for you, yada, 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 right? So she approaches, so no, so she uh, knocks on the door of the, the, of the young girl's home and introduces herself to the father, explains who she is and, She's saying how, yeah, your daughter could be a star. She sees so much talent in her. And at that time, she didn't know her, she didn't know the girl had a brother. And at that time, the brother was coming home, like came home right in that moment. And she looks at the little boy who was much younger than the little girl. He looks probably like six or seven years old. And he's such a cute, oh my gosh, he was so adorable. Like those ears, the cheeks, oh. And I also think about like with kids in these traumatic ass roles, how do you even prepare for that? And not even that, how do you even recover from that, right? How do you snap out in your brain that this is no longer, uh, like this is not real, this is a scene, right? And then when you're done filming, how do you snap out from, this is no longer something I have to like, 
practice in my head or this is not a real experience. I could go back to being a regular kid now. Anyway, so the, the little boy comes home. The the lady who's the recruiter, she looks at the little boy and she's looking at him like, oh, yes. Like, boom, cash, cash, ching, ching. Like, we got them. Like, this is the perfect opportunity. These two kids are so cute. And this is a great, this is a great um, way to make more money. So then she suddenly says, oh, your son could be a great model too. Like, suddenly he's, <laughs> it's like, wait, you was focused on the daughter and now you focus on the son. Like, but the, you was here, you came here for the daughter talking about she has so much talent and she has a great voice. And now suddenly you see the son and you're, you're like, oh, he he's cute. He could be with me too. <laughs> I feel like right then and there, the parents should have been like, wait, what? You came here for one thing and now you looking, you're looking at both of my kids Immediately, I would have been just like, where is your focus? Like, how are you just simply opening your gears to to both of my kids when you came here simply for one of them? That would have turned me the wrong way because it's like, are you really serious about whatever business that you're promoting and opportunity that you're presenting for my child, my daughter in particular? Anyway, so the, the, the parent, he's a single father. We don't know what happened to the mother, but he's a single father. He is supportive of, he's supportive of his child, both children. And he's like, okay, well, let's, let's explore this. He agrees to meet at this location for their audition. And so when he arrives to the location, it's this, it's this, imagine, it's, this is a foreign country. It's a foreign land. It's a developing country. So it may not look legitimate to us, right? But it's, it's enough for them. So I think that's also something to keep in mind because someone from the lens of, of an American living in America will look at why are you bringing your child to someone's hotel room for an audition? Now, granted, this happened for R. Kelly, right? Many parents who knew about R. Kelly's past decided to still have their child, their daughter, go see him at, in his hotel room and then want to be like, oh, my child was taken advantage of. Why the fuck would you? I think the same applies because why, why would you bring your child your daughter to a hotel room for an audition. So I think regardless of whatever country you're in, that still doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why are you okay with that? Like, what happened to an actual office building, you know, an open setting? Anyway, so he brings her, he brings both of his his kids there and uh, he's standing He's about to enter. He's about to enter the, the the hotel room, but she says no, 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 no. And she has a way in which she's very she's an attractive woman, so she has this this seductress energy about her. And she says no, no, no. We we can't have a child. Uh, we can't have um, stage fathers in the room while the kids are auditioning. Just come back at seven p.m. Now, right then and there, I would have been like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face, get my kids back. Like, what? Because first, my question would be, uh, first of all, what are we auditioning for? What What is the role? Give me the script. I'm going to do my own due diligence before I even agree to meet 
and actually meet you there. Before I even do that, I gotta do my due diligence. And then I also would um, just kind of, just yeah, do my due diligence, do my research and see if this is legitimate. Cause you know me, I always think everything's a scam. Like, oh, is this a scam? I would write down, is name of company a scam <laughs> on Google? And then I'll find my answer. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and then him walking up there, because the way that she interceded between him entering the the room and the room itself, he couldn't really see if there were already kids there. And there were, come to find out, there were already kids in the room. And he couldn't see if there were other adults there. He didn't see any of that. So he wasn't able to even scope out the situation. He wasn't able to scope out the environment at all. And so it was just like, <laughs> if you don't get the, open this fucking door. <laughs> right? So there's that. <clears throat> and I don't know what time he dropped them off. Like, I don't know what, like, was it at five? And she's like, oh, just come back in two hours, 7 p.m. And in his mind, he's thinking, okay, sure, no problem. Or maybe he dropped them off at one and it was going to be like a six hour, which I still think is weird. Why is the audition six hours? But if it's a six hour audition, he probably thought, oh, okay, instead of me waiting six hours, I'll, I'll wait at home or I'll go somewhere else, get some work done and take a nap or whatever and then come back in six hours to pick them up. Because I feel like if it was just two hours, he would have, I would just wait right then and there. I would have waited, right? If I couldn't go in, if I, if I was okay with, which I wouldn't be, but if I was okay with not entering the room and being there physically it, in that in that proximity, in that close proximity of my children audition, auditioning, I would have waited in the hallway, sat down on the floor, and there was no chairs outside. There was no expectation of parents waiting in the hallway. So it just made me wonder, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. I just want us to have these conversations. I, I just, I want us to go back to these hard conversations about things that may not be water cooler friendly, but are necessary so that we can be protective over the protected class. Like children needs to be protected, uh, protected. And when you have these predators chiming in on our vulnerabilities and thinking that, oh, they won't even question or they won't think like that. Hey, look, I'm a good person. I'm pretty. I'm a former pageant woman. And oh, I'm a deacon or, you know, all of these things that seem like this person wouldn't do such a thing. You don't fucking know, dog. Just like that kid on the highway. Even if she saw that kid, you don't fucking know who the kid is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm not pulling over. Hello? Is the mic on? No. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know the kid. Okay? Because who someone else would. <laughs> someone else could do that. And I don't I don't I feel like some some things though, like you have to be mindful of not getting got. You have to be paranoid. You have to think everyone's out to get you to some level. Maybe not to maybe not every single person, but you have to think. Hmm, 
Not everyone's, let me, yeah, let me say that. Not everyone is innocent. Not, I don't care what job you have. I don't care how much of a grandma you may look or a grandpa you may look. Oh, you look like a teddy bear. They'd be the same ones preying on little children. They'd be the same ones. So I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, that's my uncle. That's my family member. I knew, I knew Rojo and them since 99. I don't care. Absolutely not. So as soon as she said, honestly, as soon as she said, oh, I want the little, I want the little boy to, to audition, I would have been like, where's your focus, ma'am? Where's your focus? It, it's just, it's also disturbing. I still think it's necessary for us to watch, for everyone to watch, because these situations, unfortunately, that was a necessary moment that needed to be had for it to be used as a cautionary tale so that parents now maybe some parents who've been very just like oh who doesn't even think like that or who doesn't even let their mind go far into thinking and believing that there are predators out here in any form and any appearance out here to get your child to get your children this is a great movie for you to watch so that you could put your put your mama bear, your daddy bear, your your all of your lenses on so that you are aware of these predators out here and that you can be better cognizant of that and you can better protect your kin. Stop believing oh just because this person is super sweet and smiles a lot and Oh, we've had dinner before. They seem like great people. You don't know these people. You don't know people like that until you know them. Until you know them. And then you could feel like, okay, we could. And even then, have conversation with your child, right? Because you could also be in a situation in which you are close with someone. They seem to be good people. You knew them from way back when. But you didn't know about their proclivities and now your child is acting different you don't know what's going on but a way to circumvent that is by having conversations with your child talk to your children and be like look if anyone says these words to you like hey keep this between me and you let me know right now if anyone tries to threaten you and coerce you to having sexual relations with them and this person this person is an adult or even another child um let me know like oftentimes parents are not talking to their kids about predators out here this world is sick this world is sick and for this to be such a profitable business speaks to the sickness in this world so we have to have these conversations with each other about the sickness in the world so that we could better protect ourselves from it. And we have to have these conversations with our children so that they know, oh, what so-and-so is doing to me right now is not okay and it's not my fault and I should speak up about it and I should let my parent know, my guardian know, a trusted adult know so that this could no longer happen. Let's move on. So this writer strike is a real thing. <laughs> um, 
at first, you know, when strikes happen, you just kind of like, oh, give it a week or two and things will kind of blow over and um, things will get better. Uh, this is not getting better. No improvement, no progression has taken place yet. And it's pretty disappointing, I say. And I'm saying it from a selfish standpoint because I want my shows to return on a timely manner, okay? Meaning Abbott Elementary, I need that, I need that to, come, to come back. Meaning um, Law & Order SVU, Chicago PD, like all of my shows that are on network TVs, and I'm sure the shows that are on streaming sites are also affected. All of my shows need to return in a timely fashion, okay? Okay, all of my shows that are not reality show based, they need to return on a timely, uh, on a timely manner because I'm really annoyed right now. <laughs> and yes, these actors and writers and all the people, the crew should get paid properly. I don't understand why industries like this that are so needed, it's so needed in the society that we're in. We watch TV to cope. We watch TV to laugh. We watch TV to find inspiration. Like TV is a part of our everyday. We know some people are like, oh, I don't watch TV. Yes, I do. It's, yes, the fuck you do. You may not watch every show that I watch, right? But you watch one or two shows a week, at least, that you are committed to. Or maybe you watch a lot of nostalgic shows, but you watch some level of TV. This whole like, oh, I don't watch TV. Yes, you, shut the fuck up. You watch TV in some way, form, or fashion. So, um, this will affect you also. And I want us, what, like, what can I do as a viewer, as a faithful viewer of the shows that I watch, what can I do to make sure my shows return on a timely fashion? That's my concern. But anyway, um, on third, so Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher is the nanny. She was walking in my first time when she came to the party around What could she do? <laughs> Shout out to her. First of all, I didn't know she was an actual comedian. I thought she would just she just played a comedic role, but. Oh, I loved her. Still love her. I'm glad that she's doing well. She looks well as well. Um, so she is the president of the SAG-AFTRA union, which is the the union that supports writers and um, just the just the business that is in in writing for TV shows and movies. So on Thursday, Fran Drescher, president of SAG AFTRA, announced that the union will go on strike. Drescher is known for her role as Fran Fine on the 90s sitcom The Nanny. She was elected president of this union in September of 2021. Um, so for the first time in 63 years, in 63 years, actors and writers are on strike together against Hollywood after failing to reach a fair deal with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, 
which represents the studios and streamers over TV, theatrical, and streaming work. So yes, this will affect not just network TV like ABC, Fox, CBS, but also streaming shows on Hulu, HBO, well, Max, just just Max now, um, and also theater work. Uh, oh, theatrical, so theater as in movie theater, so any big motion picture work. And uh, it's a disappointing time. I really do. I, I find it disappointing. I do want my shows to return. And it is disappointing that these people are not getting properly paid um, and the structure for payment for folks in the industry of writing and acting is just completely laughable one of the well the main star from the show p valley she released a video of her sarcastically being excited to open a check that she received in the mail from it's a residual check from her role in the show p valley and we see the check and it's worth 86 cents and I just don't understand why, why? I don't understand why. Why is that? Why is it that she is only paid that much or that little, excuse me, that little? And I don't know, it's just very, it's very disturbing that she, um, she as well as many other actors and actresses and writers are getting paid shit. For their role in something that is consistently being consumed by viewers such as myself like I I am very disturbed I'm disturbed that this is the industry that they're in and the type of respect or lack thereof being done for them is just proper is just it's handled this way. Uh, I do hope that this can get, as you know, I do feel like I would love for this to be handled quickly, <clears throat> but it's been it's been some months now. Like I've heard of this strike a few months ago and the fact that it's still a strike and no agreement has been made. And there's actually a, a video in which Fran Drescher is calling out the the president from the what's it called the president from the motion the motion picture and television producers the president from that uh section whatever uh he was saying basically like don't take these people seriously and just wait they'll they'll tire out and basically don't don't give in to them who cares and not even considering possibly hopefully rearranging some deals and packages to ensure these people are properly taken care of so she called out this person and was um, really calling him to shame for his lack of care. And hopefully this can continue to put a light in their ass and they could actually move accordingly. And this could be in favor of actors and writers in the field. So 
God bless. I think also the use of AI, artificial intelligence, has been a threat to real people in this industry and feeling like they are being replaced and not not really um, needed, right? Like, oh, I'll just have AI take, you know, write this episode. I'll just have AI write this scene or write this whole movie plot, uh, this whole movie script. And we are constantly moving in a position in a direction in which we care more about robots than we do about human people, about people, about human beings. And it's just disturbing. It's disturbing that we can't find a boundary and actually care for the respect and talent and authenticity from the people who are flesh and blood, flesh and bones, in this industry, um, just in the world that we're in. It's just, oh, AI will do it, AI will take over. I was at a freaking Walmart the other day and I only saw the self-checkout. I only saw that. There were no, there probably was like two or four actual real people behind a registry and or register, whatever. Um, That's it. But everything else was taken up by a robot. The robot did it. The robot, you self-check out. You self-check out. And it's just the times that we're in, man. It's just, we have to find a balance between using AI and being used ourselves or just being the ones to create the service and um, being the ones to do the work. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and end it here. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are leaving a review. You tell a friend to tell a friend. Be subscribed on whatever platform you are listening to this episode on, to this podcast on. And I thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and telling a friend, leaving a comment, leaving a review. And I will check in when check in with you all next time. <laughs> check in with you. <laughs> all right, goodbye. Bye. Next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.